Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here. You're listening to a segment from my radio show from 95.3 MNC. To get the daily show prep and other exclusive posts sent right to your email, go to my website, theburningtruth.us, and sign up for my free newsletter. Watch the live stream during the radio show every afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern Time at trovo.live slash CaseyTheHost. Or subscribe for premium content at special.tv. Just search for my name. Enjoy this podcast. This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. If you're looking for a used vehicle, go to rbcarcompany.com. They've got their special promotions right there on their website. And of course, you can visit the showrooms in South Bend or Warsaw. All right. Uh, I want to just start off with a couple of things, and I'm just letting you know I'm, I'm not starting off with with easy stuff. Okay, I'm starting off with some hard to swallow pills. Just so you know, there is a video out there, and if the live stream wants me to play it, I'll play it. But obviously, that's not going to benefit you on the radio. You have to be following the live stream and watching the live stream on Trovo.live/slash Casey the host, a New York City subway rider. Um, and, and they throw in allegedly, just because of the legalese stuff here, allegedly beat a fellow passenger on Sunday in what the NYPD is calling a possible hate crime. And, of course, this is all on video. The NYPD hate crime unit tweeted out a video of the violent beatdown, and the department said the incident is under investigation for potential bias. They tweeted out the video, and then they asked for the public's help. They said, we, we need help identifying who this individual is, and then they put their phone number on there. It's not going to help any of you because you're not in New York. New York Post reported that the NYPD is still waiting for the victim to come forward before determining if there was bias in the incident. It is unclear what prompted the violent incident, but a woman can be overheard in the video being asked what sparked the attack, and uh, she replied, he called him an N-word. Now, the video showed the man dressed in all black punching his victim before putting him into a chokehold and choking him out to where he became unconscious. Of course, the fellow passengers um, basically did nothing. But Stop. Oh, my God, stop. Just please stop. Oh, my God, you guys, stop. Nobody actually interfered. Now, when you watch the video, you'll understand why this is so gross. Now, it doesn't matter what sparked this. One woman says that, maybe, potentially, whatever. Assailant, black, victim, Asian. In the middle of of a country that's having a discussion about white supremacy and Trump causing violence against Asians, and we have already told you the statistics do not bear that out. It's not white people that are going out there attacking Asian people. That's not what any of the data shows anywhere. So that's New York, black assailant, Asian victim, beaten, gets to a point where he can't even defend himself. He's laying on the the, the train seats, continues to be attacked. Nobody does anything. And then eventually the assailant stands up the victim, turns him around, chokes him out, makes him go to sleep right there on the subway. Nobody does a thing. Next, F you, you don't belong here. That's what was said to a 65-year-old Asian woman right as a black man kicked or knocked her to the ground and then proceeded to stomp on her head. All caught on surveillance camera. Where? New York. 
So where is it? Where's the, the news coverage of all of these younger black men attacking Asian people in New York? This woman was literally just walking down the street. This story gets worse. And I can show you this video if you really want to see it on the live stream. Happy to do that. This is the type of stuff that on our Discord server goes in the uh, Night Safe for Work section because, you know, you need to see the world as it really is. She's literally walking down the sidewalk, gets, you know, um, basically Spartan kicked to the ground, and the guy just starts stomping on her head. Now, as disgusting as that is, this is a 65-year-old woman being attacked by a young black guy. What's even more disgusting is the security guard 15 feet away watching it happen and not doing a damn thing about it. Security guard has been suspended. He's just sitting there like, oh, oh, he's, yeah, he's really stomping on that 65-year-old lady's head. Yeah, yeah, she's totally defenseless. Yeah, he keeps, he keeps stomping on her head. Yeah, yeah, keeps doing, yep, just kicked her. Yeah, uh, she's, can't defend herself. All right, I'm just going to go back to my, my job inside this building here. See, it was a camera from inside the lobby of the building that was filming outward to catch the front door, and it just had glass panes on the front, happened to catch her in frame. The security guard didn't do a thing. Two cases, young black men attacking Asian people, New York City, nobody interfered. Next story, Seattle Black Lives Matter activist has been charged with a hate crime for harassing multiple Asian Americans. Where's the news coverage? Where's it at? Can't possibly talk about this. This is a narrative buster, right? This is a narrative. No. You know what's really funny right about now? Is there's a couple of people out there in this audience getting real tweaked that I'm highlighting that it's young black men who are attacking these Asian people. Casey, why are you stereotyping? Why have you all been stereotyping for the past several years? And especially over the past week or so, that somehow it's white people that do this stuff. I don't want to bring race into it. Doesn't make any sense. The whole narrative of using race as an optic for this type of thing doesn't make any sense and it doesn't do any good. But I have to because that's what the news media, that's what the activists, that's what all of your stupid little friends, neighbors, relatives, and everybody else who comes over for Thanksgiving that you can't stand has to do. It's all about demonizing an entire race of people while ignoring the fact that that race of people is not in any way, shape, or form even responsible for the things that are happening. So a Seattle Black Lives Matter activist has been charged with hate crimes. I'm shocked that they even charged him, but the only reason they charged him is apparently Seattle hasn't figured out that Asians are now white. If you missed that story... Go back in the archive. That was a doozy. True story. Asians are now considered white in many places, particularly universities. Asians have been completely deraced by some, again, government-funded institutions. Talk to me again about systemic racism. Christopher Allen Hamner, 51-year-old, 50, well-known Black Lives Matter activist, was arrested Thursday on accusations of committing malicious harassment in the Seattle area, according to the uh, Seattle Police Department. His bail was set at seventy-five grand. He's being held in King County Correctional Facility for the fel felony hate crime.
charge, plus additional counts of malicious harassment, according to records. Now, according to court documents filed in King County Superior Court, Hamner used offensive language and threw unknown objects towards at least five Asians on two separate occasions. All the incidents happened while on the road or near a vehicle. Now, I have been talking to you for exactly seven minutes. Seven minutes, I gave you three hate crimes involving seven to eight victims with three assailants. Assailants were all black, young men. Well, 51, technically not young, but the other two were young. All of the victims Asian. Where's the media coverage? Where's the national conversation that we have to have about why black culture, particularly in very liberal cities, New York and Seattle, progressive liberal cities where racism doesn't exist? Why are we not having calls from your cable networks, your local news, your columnists, your blue checkmark brigaders, everybody? Why aren't they talking about having a national discussion about why black men in liberal cities hate Asian people and attack them at random for no reason? Where's that? Where is it? Nothing, right? Not a single thing. Why would they bother? It's not a part of the narrative. Doesn't matter. It's all about demonizing one group of people. Here's the thing, though, folks. I try telling you this. Once they demonize that group of people enough, they'll go for another group of people. See, it used to just be all men. Men were the demonized category, and they still are, more so than anything else. They're just not the sexy topic of the day. So now it's not all men. Now it's white men. Now they're particularly demonizing white men, especially if they're Christian. Oh, man, you, you, that's like you're icing on the cake. It's not even just icing. It's buttercream frosting, okay? That's what it is. If, if the white guy ends up being a Christian, mm, that's perfection. But again, they're going to start coming for others, too. Try telling you this. So what ended up happening? Hey, look at this. Latino guys, you're white. Huh? News to Latino guys. Yeah, that, that's one of those George Zimmerman things. It's been happening since then. And again, a lot of publicly funded institutions now label, okay? They now label Latino men white men. They're not, they're not white. What, what, ne what happened next? Oh, yeah, Asians. Asians are now white. What happened after that? Oh, now we've got light-skinned Middle Easterners with all of complexions. They're now blue, like the Syrian shooter in Boulder, Colorado. Everybody's white. It's really strange that everybody's white because we're constantly told that white is not a color. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. It is tournament time, and with so many games going on, even though they're whittling down, I know it, but you're almost at the end. But you don't want to just bet on one of them, do you? No, of course not. That's why we love FanDuel Sportsbook. It's a great way to combine bets from multiple games for an even bigger win. And guess what? FanDuel is here to help if your parlay does not go as planned. They're going to give you $25.
$1,000 back site credit if your parlay of three legs or more falls just one leg short. So that's one parlay per day each day of the tournament for new and existing users of FanDuel Sportsbook. So they're always hooking us up. It's one of the reasons that FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one app. It's one of the reasons that I recommend it for all of you. Super easy to use, tons of features, great creative ways to actually get excited about some of these events coming up, even if they're technically not events that you usually pay much attention to. For me, FanDuel is the best when it comes to the UFC. But if you're a gamer, I mean, they do League of Legends and a couple of other video games as well. That stuff is really starting to rise. NASCAR, of course, football, hockey, all of that at FanDuel Sportsbook. Everybody's just focused on the tournament right now. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, okay? Sign in with my promo code, Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, and just that way they know I sent you. So FanDuel Sportsbook promo code, Casey. 21 and over and present in Indiana. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund is 25 bucks. Terms apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? Please get help. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. Um, I've been watching this story. I have not mentioned this, but I have been watching. And this one has been, this one's been real interesting to me. So the U.S. Special Operations Command, SOCOM, um, they they had a, a chief of diversity and inclusion. This, this guy was just hired, right? So the chief of diversity and inclusion, which should not exist at SOCOM at all, for the record, but the chief of diversity and inclusion has already been reassigned. The guy just got there. He just got there. He's already been reassigned, okay? Now, they are investigating Richard Torres Estrada's Three names, social media posts. On what appears to be his personal Facebook page, Mr. Torres Estrada. Um, was this guy just, I mean, what was he? Was he blue-pilled by his wife? What is, what's the deal with the name thing? Anyway, whatever. Uh, posted a photo of Adolf Hitler holding a Bible next to a photo of President Trump holding a Bible in front of St. John's Church during the May 2020 protests outside of the White House. The historical image of Hitler was photoshopped to add the Bible, protesters had set fire to the St. John's Church. Um, they still claim that Trump supporters set fire to that church. No, that ain't what happened. Also on the site are derogatory quotes from people who worked for Mr. Trump. And there is a spoof of the fairy tale Goldilocks. Now, in the cartoon, police are interviewing Goldilocks as a victim as they arrest the three bears. If you still don't understand how racism works, remember she broke into their house. Hashtag stop racism, according to the, the caption. Torres Estrada site also mocked Senator Ted Cruz, Texas Republican, posting a wanted poster that said, Missing, have you seen this man? Uh, let's see. The post was a reference to Cruz traveling to Cancun with his family during Texas historic ice storms, which again, only the simpiest of losers was upset about. The command announced Mr. Torres Estrada's appointment on Twitter the same day that Army General Richard D. Clark, SOCOM commander, testified about extremists in the ranks before the Senate Armed Services Committee. Uh, let's see. Conservatives have... This is bright... Uh, no, excuse me. Not, this is not Breitbart. This is Washington Times. Conservatives have mocked Mr. Torres Estrada's appointment for a community that requires vigorous physical standards to become a Navy SEAL, Army Green Beret, or Delta Force member. Uh, pfft. 
weird. Delta Force doesn't even exist, guys. Anyway, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin ordered a stand down of troops so they can be drilled with anti-extremist behavior. That's where they told you Catholics were bad. Uh, conservatives complain the indoctrination is biased and unneeded, which, of course, it, it is. So, uh, <laughs> Kenneth McGraw, who is the spokesman for SOCOM, told the Washington Times... The commander has directed an investigation to look into the facts surrounding Mr. Torres Estrada's selection. It would be inappropriate to comment on specifics until the evaluation is complete. Mr. Torres Estrada has been assigned to other duties pending the results of the investigation. <laughs> Maybe a guy who took his wife's name uh, and hyphenated it probably should not be anywhere near SOCOM. That's just my general standing on the position, but... You might disagree with that. You'd be wrong, but it's okay if you disagree with that. <laughs> uh, also, in the realm of fake hate, actress Gina Carano is back in the news. On Monday, she blasted former Senator uh, Heidi Heitkamp, excuse me, Heitkamp, uh, for accusing her of being a Nazi who hangs with white supremacists. Guess who's not a Nazi and who has never been photographed? Or seen with white supremacists. Yeah, Gina Carano, exactly. Height Camp, excuse me, Height Camp, who lost her Senate seat to Kevin Kramer, Republican in North Dakota back in 2018, was met with pushback even from liberal HBO host Bill Maher, who sees an opportunity to get some viewers in the center or the right. Because this is how it works, okay? When there's a crazy liberal president, Bill Maher goes a little bit more moderate. When there's a Republican or a conservative, then he goes way left. That's how he's manipulating his audience. He's a phony. Stop buying into it. Anyway, who was the woman in The Mandalorian? What did she do? She liked something, Mars said. Uh, let's see. Heitkamp responded to Bill Maher by saying, she's a Nazi. Gina Carano is a Nazi, according to Heidi Heitkamp. Well, with a name like that, she would know. Um, so Marr defended defended Carano a little bit. Um, Heitkamp doubled down, alleging that Carano was, quote, involved with white supremacists. There is, there is zero evidence of this. Zero. Not a single solitary speck of this. I've already told you before, Gina Carano. I have been a fan of Gina Carano since at least 2003. Okay. Gina Carano is widely known. She was then. She is now. She is widely known as one of the nicest people you will ever meet. I have never in my time in mixed martial arts. I have never in my time in media. Have I have never run into a single person who had a bad thing to say about her. Not one. All of the opponents that she fought and knocked out had positive things to say about her. Nobody, even Chris Cyborg, who, who beat Gina Carano, says nothing but nice things about her. They, <laughs> nobody has anything bad to say about Gina Carano. And here comes the political class. She's a Nazi. Right. So, Mar did defend her. He gets credit for that. Gina Carano um, hit back. This is on her, I think this is what, is this Instagram or Twitter? Uh, it looks like it's IG. So, yeah, Instagram. 
Here we have more of the dehumanizing phase of cancel culture. Repeat lies over and over until the population takes them as truth. Which, by the way, you know, that reminds me. Um, so Heitkamp, who has the Nazi-esque name, is accusing Gina Carano of being a Nazi while repeating the lie over and over and over and over and over again, exactly like the Nazi Goebbels preached. Everything they accuse you of doing, they themselves have done. Gina Carano continues, false, disturbing, and disgusting language coming from a former U.S. senator. Then she tagged Heitkamp in there. Um, look, here, here's the thing. Uh, let's, oh, she also ended her post. This is interesting. She ended her post by saying, you knew as soon as you said it, you were liable. Please, Gina, sue. You need to file a lawsuit. You have to hold their feet to the fire on this stuff. You must continuously sue these people. You have to. You have more coming up. 95.3 MNC. This is Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. And joining me on the line from Breitbart is Michael Patrick Leahy. We're going to talk some election integrity stuff. Uh, first of all, Michael Patrick Leahy, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate the time. Casey, it's great to be with you. You and I have something in common. What's that? Uh, I uh, do the morning show on the Talk Radio 98.31510 WLAC in Nashville. Nice. Rush Limbaugh affiliate. And you did a morning show for a while there, I think, didn't you? I did, yeah. I was at KXNT um, in Las Vegas, and I did afternoons there, but I would do mornings periodically. And then when I moved here, I took over Michiana's morning news for a little over a year. And uh, then they, they let me loose in the afternoons. No more news waves. <laughs> <laughs> what time did you have to get up for that? Um, well, you know, it was funny because I came from the West Coast and I moved out to the East Coast. And so I got up like super early. So I get up at like, you know, one in the morning to show prep. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm, I'm on I'm on the East Coast. All of this stuff is or like three in the morning. Excuse me. Like all of this stuff is already not well, it's not done yet. So it's I don't have to worry about it. So I got to sleep in a little bit. Uh, but you know, obviously, when you're out West. You have to wake up a couple hours early just to figure out what happened. But I uh, didn't have to worry about so that I get when up I get at out here. Three thirty every morning, so I can I can relate. I, I think afternoons are a little easier on the body. Little easier on the body. Yeah, it's kind of weird on your schedule. Like you can never like kind of peel away and, and go out and do something with the family during the week or, or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. But um, but a lot easier, a lot easier. Wake it up in the morning, man. I don't uh, I don't want to do that ever again. So <laughs> you've written you've written several great. I didn't know you're a radio host. That's awesome. I, you've written several great columns on this though, and you know one of the things. Let's just focus on Georgia first because there's a lot that's been happening in the courts that the media has not covered since the last election. And with Georgia, it's, it seems all of a sudden <laughs> Governor Kemp is, like, showing up to the ball. Like, where has he been throughout this entire process? We, we now know that Raffensperger's been lying to everybody. So, I mean, just break this down and then, of course, talk about the new uh, election integrity law, which to me seems like a pretty reasonable bill. Yeah, you've nailed it, Casey. That's exactly right. It's a very extensive 98-page bill. But if you look at the details of it, it, in essence, is, is, is structured so that uh, lawful voters can vote and cheaters can't vote. 
That's the bottom line on it. Um, and it's interesting you mentioned that about Brian Kemp. And the leadership uh, in the state Senate in Georgia, as well as the state House, you know, they had an opportunity right after the election uh, to step in and say, hey, let's hold a special session of the state legislature to examine all of these unlawful election procedures that went on. I mean, you've probably talked about that ad nauseum, sure. as most have. But, you know, the the consent decree that, that um, Secretary of State uh, Raffensperger signed, again, not really lawful, a violation of of the uh, rules and regulations set up by this by statute by the state legislature mm-hmm. back in March of 2020 set the groundwork for all of these vote by mail, uh, drop box, uh, no absentee ballot ID verification procedures, and of course, you know, Mark Zuckerberg privately funded about 419 million of election procedures, uh, 419 million dollars of election procedures around the country. Yeah. Well. Those were basically get-out-the-vote operations for Democrats. Uh, and in Georgia, it was only $24 million bucks that they spent to, to uh, promote vote-by-mail and to get all these drop boxes out there and have uh, absentee ballots increase dramatically. Well, if you look at the numbers, as you know, Casey, typically uh, those people who voted on Election Day in person voted you know, almost uh, 60-40 for Donald Trump. Those that voted early in person voted uh, about, it was about 50-50. This was in Georgia between Trump and uh, Biden. Vote by mail, whether it be deposited in drop boxes, which about 600,000 votes were deposited in drop boxes, vote by mail, and 700,000 put in the regular mail. Those went uh, 65% for Biden in the uh, regular mail, about 69% in the drop boxes. So you kind of wonder, hmm, is anything going on here? Now, uh, Kemp could have called a special session to examine those procedures. He didn't do that. Uh, The leadership of the state legislature could have called a special session after the election, didn't do that. And so the debacle that was the Georgia election in which Biden won 16 electoral college votes with like about 11,000 vote margin out of 5 million, kind of continued unabated. And so all of a sudden, Casey, as you say, boom, this law went through very quickly. Did you notice how quickly it went through? Super fast. It was almost like there was no debate. Like this thing just got passed like real quick. Like the legislature realized they got duped or something. I think you're exactly right, Casey. And so just to add to that, what happened is, and I watched this very carefully, they started considering these election integrity bills in the state Senate there and in the House back in about January 21st. And nothing really happened. They had some bills Mm -hmm. go through, others that didn't. And then a state representative by the name of Barry Fleming uh, in the House, who's very knowledgeable on election issues, when when a particular small bill passed in the Senate in mid-March, he put it in a special election integrity committee Uh, a hearing that he chairs and he added all of the elements that he, that, that he and others thought ought to be in a bill uh, to make elections uh, fair. Well, they held hearings, held hearings. It passes in his committee. Then last Thursday, here's what happened. And I'm going to tell you what the, the real story is. It passes 
in, at about noon in the House. They send it over to the state Senate. It passes about two hours later. They send it to the governor about two hours later, and he signs it. I mean, it was lightning speed. <laughs> now, let me tell you what's really going on politically in Georgia. Okay. The big loser on that, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, because his powers were dramatically limited. No more consent decrees, number one. But also, he's no longer on the state uh, election board as a voting member. So the fix was in, if you would say, from political perspective, the guy that they're going to scapegoat, Brad Raffensperger. Well, I mean, it couldn't happen to a better guy. I mean, <laughs> let's be, let's, you know let's be honest. Casey? What's that? Have you read any of his press releases? Uh, a little while ago, I I stopped reading them a while back. Uh, but you know, I was obviously when we were heading up to the election, and then shortly after, you know, we were paying much more attention to him um, than we are now. Um, but since we found out that the phone call, you know, Washington Post story is complete garbage, I'm like, well, Raffensperger was out there kind of putting, you know, a little heat under that, making making it seem like it was legitimate. Like he needs to be paying a serious, you know, serious price for this type of stuff. He deceived everybody. Well, you're exactly right. And but what's interesting about Raffensperger, he thinks he's a, a clever political operative. If you look mm. at all 50 secretaries of state in the United States, I went back and I looked at well, what are their press releases like? Well, they're very kind of boring, right? Mm-hmm. Except Raffensperger is like a political hatchet man in his press releases. He's attacking ah. first Donald Trump and then others. So he's just. He's just approaching the job in, in I think, a, a very partisan, self-interested way, and he's kind of got himself jammed up. Um, he, he's got a challenger, Jody Heiss, a congressman who's a right. pro-Trump guy, yeah, been endorsed that. already by Trump. So he's jammed up. Now, he's out there defending the election integrity bill that basically uh, has taken away most of his, his power. So you see, he's just trying to survive. <laughs> I don't think he will. <laughs> no, I yeah, I don't see how he survives this one. Uh, but I guess we'll find out, right? Well, I tell you what, uh, <laughs> well, Michael Patrick Leahy. Yeah, exactly. Are you usually at the uh, the whole defeat to the fire festivals and things like that that are put on in DC? No, I haven't been to those. I'll tell you why. I'm focused mostly on what's going on in state governments. Mm-hmm. And right now I, I think there's a great article by Roger Simon in the Epoch Times, about the new federalism, which is the old federalism. In, in essence, right. over the next year and a half, the action, the ability to constrain the authoritarian tendencies of the Democratic leadership in the House and Senate and the, the White House, is going to come from state governments, as you know. Um, and so got a lot, of, a lot of coverage of what's going on in Arizona and Georgia and Texas. Michigan, as you know, problematic because of your leadership there. Well, you know, this is this is going to be an interesting time, and I've been telling my audience for you know all 15 years that I've been doing this, and I'm sure that you have as well. Local elections are far more important, and people keep ignoring them. And everything that happened, everything that went went awry, was a local election here. You know, people got to pay attention to that stuff, and they have to get they have to get uh, active. And we're starting to see that. Hopefully, hopefully that that extends out, and that you know, old federalism becomes new federalism, like you're talking about. And we fix some of these problems. I want to. I'm out of time. I, I wish I could spend more time with you. Uh, we need to link up at another time too. But I also want to go over some of the stuff you've written about Arizona as my neck of the woods. Sure, from happy Vegas to originally. talk about it anytime. Just, oh, just uh, let me know, and I'll be delighted to be on your program, Casey. Perfect, perfect. Michael Patrick Leahy, thank you very much from Breitbart. We appreciate your time today. You have a wonderful afternoon.
Thank you. All right. All right. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. And we are obviously very short on time, but I uh, do want to let you know you can go to allnaturalcbd.org. Use promo code KC10 to save yourself 10%. That's allnaturalcbd.org, promo code KC10. You can get the lotion there. You can get it in natural. You can get it in, in lavender or in unscented or lavender, excuse me. And the stuff just works. Said you rub it on where you hurt. And within about three minutes, generally speaking for me, the pain tends to subside. It's really good stuff. Go find out why. Allnaturalcbd.org, promo code KC Tech.